0: Hello, everybody. Today is Zechariah 2. Um, this is a one of the minor prophets in the back of the Old Testament that you may not have read.
1: Uh, and this is actually going to happen before uh, the events that we read yesterday in Nehemiah, uh, but it's on purpose uh, because if you don't know what happens in Nehemiah, this becomes a little less uh, uh, contextualized. And the reason why we know is actually if you go back to chapter 1, Uh, You'll see in verse 1 and verse 7 that Zechariah actually gives us two different dates. And, you know, one of the things is for us so far away from these things, when we read them, we don't really think about it. Um, But it would be like for me if I said, oh, this happened September 12th, 2001. You would immediately be like, I know what's going on, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Like something is happening. Um, And so a lot of times, you know, when when you run into those dates in the Bible, don't feel bad. Look it up like we did today. <laughs> right? Like I was like, wait, when did this happen? Uh, Bible Hub is a great timeline for everything. Uh, there's study resources everywhere. Um, you know, but just recognize that hey, when you see those dates in the Bible, they were put there to people who knew what they would mean. And if because we don't know what they mean, we ask and we we get help.
0: So Zechariah two is a vision that the prophet Zechariah has, and he sees a man with a measuring line. If you don't know what that is, that's basically like a ruler, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um, he's going, this angel with the ruler is going to measure Jerusalem, the city um, that they had been, that had been destroyed, so this is very strange, right, Right. and we know that,
1: it's been destroyed, (laughs) the work of the temple has started and stopped, uh, and They're not working on it. That's what Haggai's prophecy is going to be about. Uh, And the walls have not even begun. Like what happened with Nehemiah last week, that hasn't even started yet.
0: So yesterday. So yeah, so yeah. So we're, Zechariah is basically getting this vision um, to tell to the exiles that there is something that is going to be greater that they can even imagine that's going to happen, right? In verse 4, mm-hmm. Jerusalem shall be inhabited, and not only inhabited, inhabited, also as villages without walls. As in, it's going to be so big, it's going to go beyond the scope of the Just walls. the
1: city gates, yeah. right? And the city gates are not that large, um, yeah. if you look at it, a, a map of it. Um, and that uh, the wall of fire uh, around, um, and now we weren't able to quite look at this, um in Genesis, when uh, Adam and Eve are out of the Garden of Eden, there is a flaming sword that is placed over the garden to protect uh, Adam and Eve from living forever with sin. Uh, and here we see not uh, we see a reversal of this picture where it's not keeping them out, but this wall of fire is protecting keeping them, them in.
0: in. It's yeah. Keeping them in. Um, and so this is a beautiful song, uh, like prophecy of hope to the. Uh, Exiles. It's telling, you know, all of these, I guess, exiled people to return back to Jerusalem, to return back to God because he is uh, with them. So even in verse 9, it says, Behold, I will shake my hand over them, those who have hurt um, Israel um, and Judah, and that, you know, they will actually be destroyed by God in turn.
1: Right. Uh, And as encouraging as this is, we also have to remember the context, which is, some people are doing pretty well in Babylon. Um, you know, Zechariah, Nehemiah; these they've risen really high in the society of Babylon. And uh, by the time that they fully return, they would have been there seventy years, right? So that's very akin to the people in Egypt, where there's some people who they've never even been to Jerusalem. They know nothing about Zion, and yet uh, God. Yeah, Zion is another name for, for Jerusalem. Jerusalem, right? So, so God is telling them, "Leave your place of of supposed comfort and go to my place of ultimate." providence uh, and he's showing them what that really looks like Um,
0: and for those who are suffering and struggling Babylon super hopeful we can return, and the Lord will again dwell in our midst. Um, we haven't read this yet, but I'm sure we will in the future. Like, the Spirit of the Lord actually leaves the temple; he leaves mm-hmm. Jerusalem, and um, but God here is promising that he will return. Right, and, um, and even greater
1: he, than being in the temple, he'll dwell in their midst.
0: Right, and we see this uh, kind of dual fulfillment, which we talked about before, where we know that this will happen; they will return, um, and then it'll come true because Jesus will return in their midst in Jerusalem and then there will be the ultimate, ultimate fulfillment when heaven comes to earth.
1: Right. Because here we see him saying, uh God saying that not only will um not only will the is the Judeans return, but actually all the nations will come. Um and so yeah, I think just uh reflecting on this uh passage today, it's kind of a reminder of, you know, when God says he wants to lead you places, and we saw that with the shepherd last week, when God says he wants to protect you. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, right? As as Nehemiah will find out, right? But he wants to. And so I love uh, the last verse of the chapter, be silent all flesh. He's like, shh, stop making excuses. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I got you, mm-hmm, I got you. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And he has, he has roused himself from his holy dwelling and he has done amazing things.
1: Yeah. Have a good day. I-